We stay together, we survive. What we've got here is failure to communicate. Stick together. In the name of unit cohesion. Cohesion. You are listening to the Cohesion Podcast. Actionable tips from internal comms leaders on how to improve your company's employee experience. This episode features an interview with Pratiksha Patel, Chief People Officer at Branch. Pratiksha has more than two decades of experience driving employee engagement in hybrid, office-based, and remote cultures. Prior to Branch, she served as the Senior Vice President of People at CB Insights and as talent expert at McKinsey & Company. In this episode, Amanda and Pratiksha discuss meeting workers' expectations, inclusivity, and upskilling employees. Before we dive into the interview, here's a brief word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Simpler, the leading AI-powered employee experience platform. We are on a mission to transform the work experience for billions of people across the world. Organizations use our products to deliver personalized experiences that inspire and engage their employees. When work is good, life is better. Learn more at simpler.com. That's S-I-M-P-P-L-R.com. Without further ado, please enjoy this conversation between Pratiksha Patel, Chief People Officer at Branch, and your host, Amanda Berry, Corporate Brand and Communications Manager at Simpler. Pratiksha, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Nice to see you, Amanda. Yeah, nice to see you too. Thanks so much for joining me today. I want to start off and just learn a little bit more about you. Would you mind talking about your career journey and how you got to where you are today? Sure. I started my career in the late 90s, sort of fell into the people function with little background of what to expect. Uh, I was an intern at the time. And after a few months of getting exposed to all the areas of the people function, thanks to a generous mentor, I was hooked. And I I quickly went to study organizational psychology while starting my full-time job and have been off to the races ever since. And when I take a beat now and look back at the journey since then, I've been in this amalgam of companies, very different industries, stages, growth, sizes. But there's been a common through line, which is always about achieving greater business results through how we unlock people and talent. When you started as an intern, what was your kind of focus then? It wasn't well-defined as as is the case sometimes with intern roles, but it was labeled an HR intern. What I found was I there was an opportunity to organize the rest of the interns. So kind of create an experience for the interns that had all come in, myself included, for what their summer would look like from a development perspective, from an exposure perspective, and our ability to kind of understand if we want them to join again after they graduate. So that was one of the key things I worked on, including organizing bowling, and then was exposed to lots of elements around professional development, performance, competencies, career, just a little bit here and there. Right. Sounds like you were like doing HR for the intern program before you got into HR. For sure. Employee experience before it was employee experience. Right. Absolutely. We're going to move into our first segment, story time. You are Branch's first ever Chief People Officer. Can you talk a little bit about what you do as a Chief People Officer at Branch? 
Amanda, gosh, when you put it like that. Oh. <laughs> it's pretty cool. It's cool. It's cool. You know, it means a lot. It really does. And I think when I, after I take a deep breath about the enormity of that and how it feels, I, I think about first learning. And while I know I bring lots of ideas and experiences to branch, I also am very aware that I'm a steward of something particularly special and kind of precious. So our culture is strong and yet kind of inherently fragile based on our size and our age. I'm the first, but I certainly won't be the last. So I see my role as helping our culture and our employee experience become more self-reinforcing as we scale. Yeah. So what drew you to Branch? Oh, gosh. Well, it started with the people, maybe ironically or maybe obviously, but I was connected through folks in my network to the folks at Branch who were talking to candidates in two directions, actually. One was the initial and then the other was more of an advocate of me once they knew I was in the process. And the conversations were effortless from right off the bat of having kind of big dreams on and nerding out on what a an amazing customer experience and what an amazing employee experience could look like as we build a great insurance company and a great employer. So it started with the people, then the mission. I mean, I'm one of the few branchers who come without industry experience, insurance industry experience. And so I was in parallel discovering the industry, the opportunity, and getting really enamored by ultimately a mission that you can't help but fall in love with, which is to lower the cost of insurance so more people could be covered. And I would say last is the build opportunity because to be able to take a strong culture and take a shot at making it big and lasting, I mean, what CPO doesn't want that? So something that's very clear when you when you go out and search about branch, right, is that it's about the founders and they say they've intentionally built a company that they've always wanted to work for. You mentioned employee experience a number of times and it's such a hot topic, building a better employee experience. So can you talk about how branch, you, the founders, how are they intentional about that? Yeah. So I I love this question because I'm studying it and I'm taking it forward, right? So I came in to study like, how did we intentionally create this? And it's it's pretty exciting. So at a top line, like my own study has brought me to this phrasing of, I say, hey, this is a real true inside out brand. The way I think about how we are being intentional is we're thinking about our brand or in our experience overall with our members and our employees from an inside out perspective. And so when I dug in further, I, I got to see the early intents and, and the intentionality of a few things. One was that having a clear mission and that, as we say, aligns with that direction. And what that means is like, you don't have to say much once you say what the mission is for anyone to understand it and to understand it's worthwhile. So we really take pride in, and I'm really impressed by how we build a clear mission that aligns with that direction. The next step was to develop this brand narrative for our members of those who we wanted to create a better insurance experience for. Take that brand narrative and be really clear about what it is we wanted to provide for them that was new, better, and different. And the other piece early on was being intentional about translating that kind of brand narrative to the member to what does that mean for what kind of culture and experience has to be delivered for the brancher to be able to yield that experience for their member. 
So there is this kind of two sides of the coin of the experience to our members is definitely a relationship with the experience to our branchers. And how do we live that every day? And now coming in, I see that that definition of the culture manifesting in a clear articulation and education on the kind of mindset we expect everyone to come in with and to lean in towards, I should say, more than come in with, to lean towards every day in their work. And then the kinds of behaviors, which we call our roots, that are prevalent in how we work together every day. And you can't actually have any meeting or conversation without hearing at least multiple of our roots mentioned because they're part of our vernacular. And then the intentionality around revisiting and integrating the kind of mindset we expect to take as we turn our mindset and care to our colleagues, to our members, and then the kinds of behaviors that we think should govern the way we interact with one another and incorporate that into our people programs, right? Like our recognition, our performance reviews, our promotion reviews, and more. Yeah. I have a lot of questions because this is such <laughs> okay. a hot topic. So yeah. I, I've been just over here thinking about a lot of questions. So I'm going to move us into our next segment, getting tactical. I'm trying to figure out tactics. And to be perfectly honest, I didn't have to worry about tactics too much. Here I am in charge and trying to say, why did you sleep through tactics? Tactics. Looking at Branch, you're recognized in 2023 as one of the the best places to work from Glassdoor. Employees say things like, Branch truly cares about its employees. I feel more connected to employees than I ever have in an office setting. I want to dig into how you're all doing that because it sounds like you've got it down to a science. And looking at where we're at now, right, we've got multi-generations in an office setting. You've got people working from home. There's just so many variables, right? So employee expectations about what a good employee experience means is evolving, right? For some people, that means being in the office. For some people, that means being at home. It means so many different things. So can you first talk about how you all at Branch are keeping up with understanding these expectations? So, and this may be a little provocative, but I think part of the reason that employee expectations are always evolving is because companies don't always give them something to rely on or share what they should expect. And so, you know, the way we keep up is certainly through listening through a variety of structured and organic methods so we can be responsive to patterns, trends, of course. Kind of goes back to that intentionality of what we're building for. We're also reflecting, researching, and building ahead so we can be proactive. And so what happens when you build ahead and say, here's how we're shaping things next for you and here's what you can expect from it. It's sometimes ahead of the expectation arising for the employee. And that's artful, right? So we want to be responsive and we also want to be proactive and we have our listening mechanisms to be responsive and we have the talent and the support, frankly, and the expectation of ourselves as leaders and as a people team to go out there and be proactive and not just reactive. Yeah. So what are some of the recent themes you've been hearing related to employee experience as you're you're using these methods and, and, and learning about what the employees are expecting and as you're building expectations? Yeah, I love this. We 
We actually just completed our second employee engagement survey. And so while it's not just about the survey, I would say our listening mechanisms include that, plus our exit conversations, onboarding conversations, day-to-day conversations, and other channels just of like in the flow of work of hearing what people are struggling with and what they are asking about, even if not struggling with, or what they're imagining, even if they're not struggling. And what comes to light is is really great and a great learning for us is that we had an insight last summer-ish that our, our employees were craving more structure around career development. And actually, in my assessment, uh, an expectation of structure that's earlier and earlier, the more I visit different companies or have spent time in companies, given our the age of branch, which is you know like three, four years at the time. And we responded really well and put the right foundational structure of ladders and levels in place and communicated it to all the stakeholders, made it transparent, published, I've communicated again, and then using them in our processes of talking with folks at times with career development and kind of reamplifying them, they're available. And so what we learned in this point in time survey is that, hey, that was really good and it was also not sufficient. And so I, I like to use this phrase was like, yes, that was necessary, but not sufficient or not all the things that we need to do. And so what we're hearing is branchers still really believe that this is a great place to build a career. And they really want still, because we moved the needle a little bit, but not as much as we wanted to and feel like we should and can next. They still crave, okay, but what does that mean for my career? So the next build is like, how do we now take all this foundation we put in place and make it possible collectively with like the right leaders and managers and and individual branchers, of course, in their own reflection on their career journey, make it clear on how they can contextualize all this great structure into their own lived experience and journey at branch. So what are you doing at Branch to help prepare people for their career and move them forward? Because this comes up a lot. I mean, a lot of people just really want help moving their career along. And and a lot of people, you know, from folks that I know and folks that I talk to want to stay at places, but there's no way to really move up in their career. So what are you doing at Branch to help employees with that issue? The unique thing we're doing is, and I was really attracted to Branch on this point, is we have a developer boot camp where we have a fully paid 12-week program to take folks who want to access a software development career and have some desire slash aptitude that makes them a good candidate to pursue that. And we give them access to all the learning through this intensive boot camp. It's almost like an undergraduate program and effectively creates access to a type of job at a software development level of responsibility, of pay. And in particular, all of our candidates to date have been, and all of our boot campers, as I like to call them, have been from an underrepresented category. So we're really delighted to see this continue. And this notion of workforce development, how do we think about the needs that branch has, the untapped talent that haven't had access to the training and the learning opportunities and the initial employment opportunities too, where our boot campers turn into interns, turn into developers at branch. How can we emulate that in more places and widening the overall labor market in different areas? The boot camp comes from a core principle that many of us share, including our founders, that 
it's really great to build talent. And so similarly, even if you're in a career and you have that skill set, how are we helping you keep learning? And we've made some significant investments starting last year, and that's accelerating in lots of parts of our organization on all the ways to create learning and enablement opportunities, either specific to your job function and doing it really well, and also learning opportunities that help you grow more transversal skill sets and grow skills that help you with other opportunities in the company. Yeah, I love that. I feel like I know a lot of the companies I've worked for, and they focus mostly on upskilling for those more soft skills, like how to be a good manager or how to represent our company values, how to live our company values. You know, you just don't hear very often about companies who are saying like, hey, we have these specific needs. We're going to train employees. We're going to bring in people, train them. And now we have this whole pool of people to choose from or to you know, to come work for us who have the skills that we've been able to train. I I think that's a really great program. I, I hope hope our listeners like really hear that and to have an employer say 12 weeks. You're right. That is like an undergraduate course. Yeah, Amanda, I, I'm going to suggest it's a this and actually. So those soft skills you're referring to are really hard skills and really important and in a different way. We view the value of both, right? Like how do we give you the technical functional skills to access a career that you didn't necessarily have access to? And then there's also how do you develop those tough skills of empathy and critical thinking and turning outwards and giving feedback and getting feedback, which are so hard. And so we really take a this and approach as we think about growing the full capacity of humans and of our people and branchers on what they want to be able to live into and the kind of potential we want to unlock. I want to go back to something you said about the bootcamp, because I think this is so important. You you talk about how this bootcamp focuses on underrepresented kind of junior employees. And I'm wondering if you could talk about the importance of that being inclusive and diverse at branch and sort of how that helps overall keep people employed at branch and helps our career development. Oh, wow. That's a wonderful question. And inclusion has been a part of our intentionality of we need to serve our members. And so our best chance of serving our members well is if we have the right mix and that representation overall. And so that's kind of like a diversity imperative and a business diversity imperative. But what I love about what we've done at Branch and we'll keep doing is we, of course, are taking it further where that's not enough. It's necessary, but not sufficient. And to create conditions where a highly diverse company and team works well together can bring all of their ideas bring the varied perspective that we so desperately want everyone to bring takes a special environment takes an intentionality around saying we want to create an environment where you bring your perspectives and you bring your differences in you don't just suppress them and leave them at home and some of the ways we do that is we provide a guide and a micro training on the notion of like day-to-day conversations and how to enable branchers and help them know that we want them to have inclusive conversations with their colleagues about differences, as well as giving them tools on how to share stories on more sensitive topics like social or political challenges in our environment that are around us. 
in addition, another way we bring the differences in so we can learn from them is our community programming is where we have structured events that are autonomy driven for those who want to run them and optional attendance for those who want to join them around identity, learning more about specific identities, learning more about specific religious holidays, learning more about specific heritages that are celebrated. And we create the conditions for the folks who want to share about their differences and the folks who want to learn about others' differences and share their own. We create the conditions for that to happen. We don't say that work is about keeping those at the door. And what we hear as recently as a few all hands with our support or yesterday is one of the great things that about branch that keeps it awesome, as they say, is how is this place so awesome still is that I say, well, I turn the question back to them. I said, well, how is it? Why is it? What does that mean to you? And the comments that come up is I get to be myself. I get to bring my ideas. I get to be heard. I get to be understood. And I think that's what's so special. I talked about it earlier, right? Like it's it's precious and it's special. And we want to preserve that. So thinking about the employee experience, another topic that comes up a lot is I've heard it called work-life balance. I've heard it called called work-life blend. Some people call it a recipe for work and life. There's so many different metaphors for that. But you know, there seems to be this notion about you know working long hours, pay, all of this stuff that makes up work-life blend balance recipe. The notion is that employees want better work-life balance. So can you talk about how branch is ensuring employees have a good work-life blend? Yeah, well, I'll add another metaphor to the mix, rhythm, so work-life rhythm. <laughs> and when we looked into kind of what was important and what we wanted to optimize for, we understood that sustainability of a pace of building a company and putting in that amazing work every day can be a challenge. And so sustainability has helped us focus on our understanding of what we wanted to accomplish. And what that means is enabling branchers to perform at their highest levels over time, while also being able to be successful in other areas of life. And we learned and, and understood that taking regular extended breaks and you know leave from work helps to facilitate this opportunity to recover and, and tend to the other things you want to be successful at in life. So understanding this, we have a benefit called branch out. So what I like to say is we put our money where our mouth is. And branchers actually get funds from the company to take at least five consecutive days off and with the expectation that you unplug from work. Is this more than just like PTO funds? Yeah, no, it's real dollars. It's real dollars that can fund your trip or whatever you're doing to branch out in addition to the time off days. So it could be money to spend on airfare or hotel Mm -hmm. and all that. Oh, very, very cool. The funds are part of it. But I think the most powerful part of it is, is this shared expectation up and down and throughout branch that when you're on branch out, you are unplugged. Totally unplugged. And how do employees respond to that? Because I, I feel like that unplugging often comes from like leadership, right? People who aren't leaders tend to mimic some of that behavior. Like if, if you're responding to emails and text messages and you're branch out trip, and then I'll know that's expected of me. So how do you ensure that 
people really branch out. Yes, I love great metaphors related to companies like that, like roots and all that. So how do you ensure that employees are really disconnecting? Yeah, I mean, what you said is exactly right. It's that simple. And and of course, for whatever reason, it's very hard. And, and I understand why it's hard being one of those leaders myself who has to set a good example and just role model the thing. It's that simple as we have to role model it. And we do. It sounds like you're doing a great job. Employees feel welcome and they're having a great employee experience. Can you talk about sort of some do's and don'ts to help people build a better employee experience? So do be humble, bring a beginner's mindset. And, you know, if I extrapolate on the don't, if you will, don't rely solely on your playbooks. And, you know, they're certainly part of your toolbox and all of our toolboxes are the, the plays we've run before and the experiences we bring. But it's likely you'll need, I think it's likely you'll need to reimagine them to fit the culture and context of your org. And by definition, certainly the context of workforce expectations now and for the future. So that would be one kind of yin-yang, doon-don't. Do index heavily on bringing others along. So another way I say this is don't assume people are picking up what you're putting down. So if you're trying to you know, build a wildly successful company that also has an amazing culture, guess what? The likelihood of anyone actually having experienced that and been in that is kind of low. And even if they have, the goalposts have kind of changed. So it's it's just unlikely that your peers or even you have fully experienced where you're trying to go and what you're imagining and dreaming of. I mean, this is what gets me like super nerding out and that's okay. But that means you'll need to go like deeper and be more intentional about bringing them along with you. Yeah. I always say like, do you want to know how to do something better, you know, ask people. So I love that idea of bringing people along, whether it be employees or other stakeholders or leaders. Mm-hmm. Let's move into our last segment, asking for a friend. Who's asking for a friend? Hey, asking for a friend. The whole first season of this show, we've spent a lot of time talking about just the changes that have happened since the COVID-19 pandemic, you know, work from home, all sorts of things have changed. The way we've done things, we're learning how to do them differently now. So I'm wondering if you could give your expertise on what are some people trends we can expect to see in the future? Ooh, okay. Well, speaking of boot camp earlier, I think workforce development is going to become increasingly not just for the academy companies. I don't know if you've heard that term, but the big established companies that are known to be a great training ground who are maybe already doing this access to a career play. I think more and more companies are going to realize that that's a way to increase the talent pool for yourself while doing something good. I think much like our kind of early conviction of building developer talent versus buying, I think others are going to come along. And two other trends I'm thinking about are driven by remote work and I guess the pendulum that keeps swinging, if you will, in some places. And so I will re-emphasize the focus on employee well-being that will continue. And also, I wonder if there's potentially a reckoning with carbon footprint as if the inverse of remote work is more travel or 
just whether work travel becomes something that we're we're also reckoning with that also ties back to well-being. That's the first time in this season that that's even come up this this idea of carbon <laughs> carbon footprinting and remote work. I know personally I feel even just the commute, I mean beyond the stress and not dealing with all the cars and not having to spend an hour getting ready like that's mentally helped me. Now I can imagine what all that driving to work every day is is doing for the environment. I think I read somewhere that I think it was like LA, the amount of air pollution in that first year had substantially dropped, you know, the expectation that it would eventually go back up. So I'm surprised that doesn't come up more. So it's been a tough year. We always say the new normal. I know, we're going to find the new normal. I, you know, that's a little played out. But <laughs> looking ahead, you know, what's some advice you would give? Let's start with employees who are just sort of worn down from the, the last few years. We've had COVID. We've seen a lot of bad stuff happening with the social and racial injustice, just all sorts of stuff. So do you have any advice as the chief people officer, how to help people get through some of this? I am also an employee just to be clear. (laughs) And so I have all the hats on. I'm also a parent. I'm a colleague. I am all the things as well as this job. And so maybe I'm speaking a little bit to myself when I say this as well, which is, I think we should be taking responsibility and finding ways to be more self-aware about whether we can do more to change our own poor well-being habits we all know we've gotten into some patterns that might not be so healthy, not going outside, not moderating our social media consumption, not getting enough movement. So, you know, there's an element of take some initiative to look at yourself, try to be self-aware. I can't tell you how many employees in my last role, especially during the thick of COVID, but then when it was subsiding and when folks would come and get together in person, I would hear so often like, I didn't realize how much I needed this. And I don't think any of us can really know what others need fully. And I just invite all of you and all of us to find ways to access and understand what we need or what you need and what you can do to make those small changes for your own well-being. I say because I care. I know you nailed me right on the head with that one. Personally, I've fallen into bad patterns. Like you said, like going out, having dinner. And then when my husband and I go out dinner, I'm like, ah, I miss this, you know, and then we don't do it again for a while because we're just not sort of used to doing it. But every time we do, we go for a long walk or something. I'm like, oh, we should do this every day. I feel fantastic. I can relate to that. I think that probably a lot of us have fallen into that trap. Yeah, I'm big on agency. And if I can help us all step into our agency, I'm pretty happy. Yeah. What about for leaders? Managing people who have had a tough couple years. What are some things, some advice you can give them keeping all of that in mind? Yeah. So once again, I too am a leader. And so I'm speaking as much to myself as all of our our listeners. So I say we need to check our assumptions at the door. And what that means to me is taking accountability for getting feedback on how we're showing up, how we could show up better, how people are really doing. No news is not good news. So let's let's not keep saying that or assuming that. And as leaders, you know, we've got to seek an accurate understanding of how our actions impact others. And that goes across, down and up. And you know, I think if we do this, we can unlock some real value in the relationships and 
I think it could be really beautiful. So Patricia, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for coming on today. Before I let you go, will you let our listeners know where they can find you? Sure. Probably the best place is LinkedIn. That's one of the only channels I'm in. So I would love to see you there. Thank you so much. This has been great. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Cohesion Podcast, brought to you by Simpler, the leading AI-powered employee experience platform. We are on a mission to transform the work experience for billions of people across the world. Organizations use our products to deliver personalized experiences that inspire and engage their employees. When work is good, life is better. Learn more at simpler.com. That's S-I-M-P-P-L-R.com. To all of our listeners out there, thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, make sure to hit subscribe, leave a review, and head over to www.simpler.com slash podcast for more information. Until next time, you're listening to The Cohesion Podcast, brought to you by Simpler. See you in the next episode.